Okay, Pancreation Philosophy, episode 220. I'm your host, Pocholo Cruz. Uh, welcome to the video podcast. And joining us today is Julius Shipton. Julius, hello. <laughs> what is up, dog? Yo, I'm fucking so excited to be here. I feel like I finally made it, man. It's my first time on a podcast. I feel like goddamn celebrities sitting in my own kitchen right now, bro. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you for making it out here to the show. I mean, through the power of digital. But um, the power of yeah. digital. Yeah, well, let's get started. So I guess, Julius, like, you're, you know, you're a martial artist, just had, you know, your first amateur fight, but I guess let's go back. How'd you get started in martial arts? Martial arts has been a part of my life, my whole life. Like, I think I, the first, my first ever, like, introduction to, like, martial arts, like, I kind of, like, you know, grew up with uh, a lot of older cousins, so we just, like, kind of, like, fuck around with each other and, like, just <laughs> scrap with each other on, like, Thanksgiving and stuff like that, and then... As cousins this, will do, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, then my first like official introduction to like a martial art was I as a t- like toddler, like maybe I'm trying to think. This is before seven or eight. This might okay. have been around like five or six. I w- I started taekwondo, and I did okay. that not for too long. Um, I got to like I think there's a picture of me with the mohawk and an orange belt on. Okay. Like, okay toddler and i did that for a little bit and then uh, you know family situation you know just couldn't make it to practices and stuff it wasn't worth it so then stopped going to that and then um then the next time i started martial arts was when i was like seven or eight years old okay. i actually went to like a legit ass like mma gym and it was okay it was uh undisputed in north park in san diego and okay. uh Fucking! It's actually a goddamn restaurant now, man. I drove past. Oh, it's it. the it restaurant now. It used to be the coolest. <laughs> it was undisputed. Now it's undisputed restaurant. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. It, there's, there's. I mean, undisputed is actually a chain now in San Diego, and I think it was okay. at the time. I think the dude that owned it at the time, his name was Dave. Um, but dude, it was the sweetest fucking spot. Like, imagine corner spot in North Park, and like they have all the fucking like medals and shit in the windows, and there's a, a ring in the window, right? And you walk in, there's a ring on your right. And then you walk to the left and there's like a gift shop, but bro, they had like fucking like monitor lizards and shit in the gift shop too. Like, like just like, like random shit like that. I was like, like, I remember being a kid going there and just like fucking like, cause I'm an animal dude too, man. Like I could definitely see myself having some exotic pets or some shit someday. Okay. But, okay. but um, yeah. And then they had a, what's it called? You walk in ring on the left. There was like two cages there too. There was a cage next to the ring and then there was a cage upstairs. And then there was like a little jujitsu den downstairs. And then on the left, when you walked in, there was like a mat area with the mirrors where you shadow box and shit. And then there was bags hanging and they actually had like a weight set up in there too. And showers upstairs. And like, so that was like my first like time at like a legit ass MMA gym. Like even there, like a few times as a kid, I vividly remember uh, getting my hands wrapped by War Machine. Just like, oh. not, not knowing who the fuck he was. I don't, know if, I don't know if his name was officially War Machine yet, but. <laughs> but the man that would eventually be known as War Machine. And the then man the soon to be known, <laughs> <laughs> Soon to be known as whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Barrett Yoshida was a jiu-jitsu instructor for the kids' class that wow, I was taking. Barrett Yoshida. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think we saw, I, I mean, I don't remember vividly, but we saw, my dad said he saw Dominic Cruz there a few times. Um, okay. And there was a few other dudes there. Uh, but So I trained there from the time that I was like seven or eight to the time when I left San Diego around... 12 maybe a little bit before maybe like 11 so like like a four-year stint there about, and, about four uh, years okay and you're doing kids classes so was it kids bjj or was it were there also striking classes that you did i mean so, the war machine had to wreck your hands <laughs> yeah so i go to the the what's it called the uh morning adults muay thai with my dad 
okay and, before school but like and like i was going to that for a little bit because it was like a 6 a.m class and i go before school and then i actually remember we'd get fucking go to the class and uh then we get um sorry one second that's all can good you, can you still see me no how about now all right yes all right cool um we go to the 6 a.m class and then we get fucking jack in the box for breakfast afterwards and then i get dropped <laughs> off as a champion <laughs> and then i get dropped off at school dude and then and then afterwards after school sometimes we go to the kids classes because the kids classes were until the afternoon okay so, okay. so then um but i had gone to the fucking what's it called to the adult classes for a little bit and mm-hmm. like i was just like a kid chilling with the adults so like i thought i was the shit right <laughs> Yeah. And like I was like I was like, bro, I I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like everyone's telling me <laughs> doing a good job, you know. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I go to the 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 kids classes with the with the ghetto Mexican kids who've been fucking banging for fucking like like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I and I remember I remember that I think the coach his name was like Tiger or something at the time. And uh, my first kids like boxing class, I just got like right into sparring, and I must have been like, <laughs> like seven or eight. I know I know what to do. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, but no, like I was like, I was ready, bro. I had my shirt off and shit. I had Muay Thai stance, you know what I'm saying? Like in the boxing fucking class, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was like, I was so excited. I was like, I was like, and we're in the ring, right? Like, and yeah. as a kid, like this was like the biggest shit. I was like, bro, I'm in the fucking ring in the fucking corner spot, like on a busy fucking intersection, you know what I'm saying? And like, and me and this dude, Anthony, are about to throw down. So I was like, all right, Anthony was like, like 13 at the time, right? And okay. he's been, he's been and you're going, what, eight or nine? Uh, yeah, eight, seven, eight or nine, maybe between seven and nine. And yeah. he's like 13. And then I, I, uh, what's it called? Um, we get in there and like, I got my ass fucking whooped, bro. Like, like fucking, nose just leaking just leaking blood i remember i remember being so embarrassed and i was like fuck dude what the fuck was that dude i thought i knew what the- <laughs> i thought i knew what i was doing man <laughs> what just happened yeah. what just happened bro <laughs> and and uh um it was funny because um yeah so i was going to the kids class kids boxing kids jiu-jitsu and then okay. i think i started like 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 when i was like the age that I like felt like I could take a grown man, I would think I was like like maybe like like twelve or thirteen. Okay. At, at the end of my at the end of the, my stint at, at Undisputed, I was like sparring with adults, and I felt pretty cozy. Okay. And, and um, but I mean, who knows? Who knows if they were just going easy on me, and I was just this dumb kid that's just like, oh yeah, You're like, I'm the shit. Bro. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'll fuck this guy up, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, you know <laughs> Better not see me on the street, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, but that was like some of my best memories are in that place, man. Undisputed was a shit, man. That was really sad. Oh, and also after, so actually, no, 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 no. I didn't go to Undisputed the whole time I was in San Diego because it was, it was a little bit. Um, yeah, these memories are kind of like coming back now. It was a little bit uh, expensive, so we went to this uh, like older school gym for a little bit up in like Miramar area, which was called Black Tiger, and the coach there was Chris yeah. Getz, and there's this old man Lou, and I think they had like that was a pretty low key gym, and like the, there was one pro boxer out of there. His name was like Lester, okay. and yeah. one thing I remember about Lester is I remember hearing his conditioning workout was he'd do like three miles at like a six minute pace, but he'd do them oh, like shit. as if they were rounds. So he'd do okay. like like a one mile hard rest, one mile hard rest, okay. one mile hard rest. That's all I remember about Lester, and uh, and uh, yeah. So, but I remember I remember seeing him in there, and um. Chris Getz was super cool too. I remember, and uh, and Lou was pretty cool too. And I, so the thing I remember about Lou is uh, he would tell me like fucking like to like 
just work on technique like like punching poles instead of bags because people get like too caught up on like 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 punching shit hard and not like yeah. the technique of it so he's like bro just punch the fucking pole in the cage and like work on like 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 turning your shit over and bringing it okay. back like like chris gets would always say like like reach out like, like like a jab is like if you're reaching out to grab an apple off a tree and then taking it back to like take a bite of it you know what i mean okay, okay. so that those are the things that i remember from there and then uh moved from san diego when i was like 12 bounced a little bit back and forth between san diego and san jose and then lived in atlanta georgia and then when i went to atlanta georgia didn't really wasn't really in the mma scene out there uh, i think i went and did like a trial class at some place but it was too expensive okay. and uh uh but i was on the wrestling team for my high school so and and then before that i was on the cross country team for my high school so i would just do cross country and wrestling and then um wrestled two years there and then came to seattle in the summer in between my uh sophomore and junior year so okay do you, wrestled two uh, years did you start Atlanta. wrestling and cross country do you start that like as a freshman in high school or did you start like in middle school I started as a freshman in high school. Okay. So I never once wrestled until freshman year of high school. I'd okay. done jiu-jitsu and like I was like I was pretty cozy with like like getting a hold of somebody, but um never actually like did wrestling until freshman year of high school. And then okay. uh um my wrestling freshman and sophomore year in Atlanta was probably like the highlight of my wrestling career. Like it was like the best team that i was on like there's a lot of fucking good bodies to get work in and there's a lot of like people like there were a few people on my team like placing in state and like there was a lot of people better a lot better than me so it's like yeah. i go there i'm like i'm like bottom mid of the pack right okay. i was i still varsity all four years but like i was definitely like there was definitely like it was like i was getting good ass practices in right and then yeah. when i came to when i came to seattle all of a sudden, like I'm the team captain, and there's like only like one or two people on the team that can like that, uh, even like around my size, like get good rounds in. You know what I mean? So, okay. I feel like I kind of learned all my wrestling the two years that I was in Atlanta, and then when I came back, I like just towards the end of my wrestling, like the, my senior year, is when I started beating people by points. I was like a very like like I kind of like always knew that I wanted to do MMA. It, no matter what that I was doing, like even wrestling. So I was like, I don't give a fuck. This motherfucker like like gets me in wrestling. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. This, this bullshit ass fucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> wrestling is bullshit. Yeah. Wrestling is bullshit, bro. I'm yeah. Fucking, you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. If I see you on the street, it's gonna be you got you gotta take me down on the street. You know. Honestly, like honestly, like even though like like for real, like like I remember heading head and arming somebody in high school. And yeah. like, like rocking Classic. myself, like slamming my own fucking head on the ground. I'm like, I would never do that on the street, dude. You know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, maybe no. There's a better. There's you know, there's ways to do heads and arms, like to not hit your fucking own head on the ground. But yeah. maybe, maybe a head and arm is actually a good street move. Now that I think about it. But uh, just I think it possibly, it can be countered though. You can, because that's the thing. You definitely see like, one guy goes for a head and arm, and then the other guy goes for a head and arm, just, and it just sinks down, just grabs yeah. him, lifts him up. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's see where was I? So that was. Now I'm in high school era. Yeah. Finished wrestling season, you know, and, and also when I first moved to Seattle it was in 2015, I knew I wanted to do MMA. So I never actually wrestled in an off season in my high school. Like all these like okay. high school wrestlers, they do like, like freestyle and Greco and they got like clubs and shit like that. And like, they go to like camps and like fucking like all those types of stuff. And like, this is like what, like type of stuff my homies in, in Atlanta would do. And yeah. uh, I never did any of that. But when I came here, I started training at AMC. 
Um, and I was training at AMC from 2015 until when did they close for COVID? Like 20, like 2020, like March. Yeah. Yeah. Like until they closed. And, yeah. uh, then when they closed for COVID, you know, AMC was a dope spot. I fucking loved AMC. And, um, you know, that's where I feel like I got a lot of like, let's see, I was like in high school to the first two years out of high school there. So like, I remember, I felt like the thing I remember about AMC is there's a lot of like people to get good rounds in. And I felt like just like, like getting competitions was difficult out of there. But in hindsight, like as far as my own path is concerned, I'm actually happy I didn't start competing at that age because like I felt cozy, like like I I've, like I've been like in sparring circles with some pros at that age, like yeah. like, like between like 16 and 18, and I was like, bro, I fucking got this shit, you know what I mean? And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I, but but then I was like, I'm happy I didn't start competing sooner because like like I wanted to keep like and like even now even up until recently like I've been having this mindset just like skill accrual like. I don't think yeah. I want to make a pro debut until I'm 26. Um, okay. And I think the skill accrual, because once you start competing, you start like, like getting ready for competitions rather than just like doing what you love and getting good. You know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. like the stuff that you practice is going to be like, like you're not going to be there like just fucking around. Like you're going to be there like, okay, what is it that I'm good at? What am I, I going to use in this competition? Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it kind of like adds like a, a uh, different perspective on your training that might limit it a little bit if if you're not worried about comfort competition at all. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, definitely. I, but at some I point, like, also at the same time, mm-hmm. like having a competition can drastically make you fucking better. So it's like I feel like there might be like a balance there somewhere. Yeah, I say definitely there. There's a fine balance there, but I, I see what you mean. Like in terms of getting like skill acquisition, you can um if you're like always preparing for a competition, it's not. I mean, let's say you have a competition coming up in like six weeks. It's not like you're really going to learn anything necessarily new, depending on where you are in the scale of skill acquisition, especially I'd say <laughs> if you're in pretty much from intermediate to expert, like you're no longer making like huge, like beginner gains anymore in terms of knowledge. So really all you can do is just refining stuff. And it's, um, that's the thing, cause it's that regressive curve of skill acquisition. Like the more, you know, the more you know there is to know, but then the less you actually progress just because of it takes longer to gain to, to gain skill in terms of that because there's already things that that, that you're familiar with. So if you're always uh, if you're always competing, yeah, you're you can gain like more new skills, but in essence, you're you're trying to peak at a certain point. And if you're peaking, you're not really you're not really working on like smaller skills. It's like it's like similar to um let's say like you know professional sports where they have seasons like the off seasons where they implement like new stuff they don't implement like new stuff during the season like, all right guys all new game plans like here and here because if, if you go from a week-to-week basis or like from a you know day-to-day basis you're not all of a sudden going to get a professional to do a whole brand new thing <laughs> like, like <laughs> at, at a high speed <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so that's like in hindsight I'm happy about the AMC situation. AMC served its purpose for me, and I met a lot of cool people there, you included, and, you know, had a great time, you know? Um, and, like, some of my best memories are at AMC, too. Nice. And well, now Google had that in mind. Goddamn you, MMA, though, right? yeah. huh? you always had, like, MMA, though, in mind? Because you always had like, MMA you know, in you mind. Did wrestling. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never, like, 
and like even like all the way through wrestling like i never did wrestling in the off season i always did mma in the off season and then so then now now continuing the journey like that's so that's like end of high school 2020 so like i out of high school you know i got kicked out when i was 18 and was now trying trying to also like live as an adult and like come up with fucking like rent put myself through school all those types of shit and uh i was working a lot so it was a little bit harder to get as much training in i still tried my best to get training in but also after high school i was in a weird mentality of like i just want to be over 200 pounds you know what i'm okay. saying <laughs> so, so i got <laughs> how did that start or like what, what yeah so i was on a dirty bulk hella and like i thought i was doing a good job you know yeah. <laughs> so like, like i i think the, the biggest i hit was like i think i was like 215 and okay. i thought i was like i was like bro i'll be like 10 percent body fat at 200 you know <laughs> and i get to 200 and i'm like shit. all right maybe like 190 i'll be 10 body fat right and then, then i get to 190 and i was like all right it looks like one looks like it's closer to 185 and then i cut yeah. down to 185 and yeah. that's where i'm at now so so uh the process of covid covid i fixed all that so okay. at, when covid started i was probably at my biggest okay. and then um i was also working my hardest i was working like 60 hours a week retail jobs and in school full-time and I remember I was working at the fucking Jiffy Lube down the street from fucking AMC, bro. Yeah, I go to fucking yeah. AMC. I no, I I go be working at Jiffy Lube. On, I got work open to close on a Saturday. Yeah, get burns and shit from fucking oil pipes and stuff on my arms, and then I go down to AMC. I'd walk to AMC, and yeah. and and fucking either sp I think they had sparring on Saturdays at the time. Yeah, because yeah, so sparring asked, was at one on Saturdays. Yeah, sparring yeah. was one on Saturdays. And I'd ask my fucking boss, I'm like, yo, can I take like a two hour lunch? <laughs> I'm gonna be right back, bro. Fresh burns. <laughs> I take the whore bath in the fucking Jiffy Lube, right? And yeah, then walk yeah. down to walk down to AOC and then get a, get some rounds in. And then, you know, all the blisters from the burns would just like fucking like rip underneath the underneath the rash guard and then I'd walk back up to work, finish the work day. Okay. All right, so so that's what that was because I remember, yeah, because I remember you'd have like these things on your skin. I was like, is this guy just into drugs or something? <laughs> I remember you were greasy and looking like a goddamn tweaker, bro. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess Julius just gets down on the weekends. I don't know what he does. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about that yet because I did. I totally could have been like that motherfucker with a skin condition or some shit. But it's like, no, it was just burns, man. I still got scars from burns at Jiffy Lube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe he works at Starbucks and then just takes some meth too. Just think <laughs> oh, I got some meth stories, but later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So continuing the martial arts journey. That's yeah. that's up until like my my 19-year-old self, my 20-year-old self, right? Yeah. And then after COVID, so during COVID, when everything was closed, I didn't really train. Uh MMA, right? When they first opened up the fucking Woodenville Sports Club where AMC moved to. Yeah. I uh I started kicking the bag, but all okay. through COVID, I was like, let me get my fucking self in like like fight ready shape. Because like I said, when I COVID started, I was probably my biggest. So yeah. I was trying to run like 15 miles a week and lift like three or four times a week. And yeah. I actually fucked myself up doing that. And uh because I was like I was a lot of running for me at my size, mm -hmm. uh, but I was listening to a lot of David Goggins shit at the time. So I was like, fuck it. Your back hurts. You're just being a bitch, you know what I mean? Like push through that. <laughs> There's yeah. no such thing as pain, dude. Pain is just uh, pain is just neurons firing. You're gonna tell you, you're gonna tell you're gonna let a neuron tell you what the fuck to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So neurons, you think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, I'm a Navy SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to um, carry the logs on the boats. <laughs> <laughs> I carried the logs on the boats, bro. I was out there swimming all day in the cold. You know? <laughs> I was um, trained to eat things and make a billy goat keep puke. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, so, yeah, COVID got my body together and, you know, got down to like a composition that I felt like I was cool at. And then I went to AMC for a little bit and they didn't have, didn't have it really like sprung back yet. Like I wasn't able yeah. to get. I didn't feel like I was able to get the the skill training that I needed there. Um, some a lot of my favorite people left. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they're not good people there now. I'm not sure who's there now, but a lot of my people that I was homies with left. And um, I was like, all right, I got to find somewhere else to train if I want to get better. So I started going to the 10th Planet in Seattle, and uh, mm -hmm. where Nathan Orchard is the teacher, and I went there for like a year and uh, just kind of focused on jujitsu. And I was like, I mean, like. I actually didn't even throw punches for like a decent period of time, which like I, I, I would get trained. So actually, let me think about this, because one of these. I'm trying to think what year this is. This might be 2021 because summer of 2022 is when I really started getting back into MMA, like like legit. Um, yeah, and that was after I left because uh, I go I train whenever I went to San Diego and I go to San Diego to visit family as often as I could. Um, so I did I, I spent time at uh at 10th planet just focus on jiu-jitsu and you know that's like probably like nathan orchard is probably the coolest jiu-jitsu teacher i've ever learned from and i'll say that because it's like i love his philosophy behind shit like like he's like like not trying to teach people specific techniques he's like like shows you like a movement and then like tries like 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 get the concept across and he's also got like a system of things that he teaches rather than just like oh today we're gonna do you know arm bar triangle omoplata from guard he's like this is the system of what it means to have a kimura lock on somebody and like like where like you can like take this you know what i'm saying so it's like i really appreciated that type of shit um and then i went to live in san diego for two months over the summer of last year summer of 2022 and i trained uh victory MMA down in San Diego and then also uh, one of my family friends got this spot called Studio 33 which they actually got legit ass uh ex-UFC fighter there and some good jiu-jitsu so I, I tried to train at those two people two of those two places when I was in San Diego got a lot of good rounds like San Diego is like a, a great spot for MMA. like San Diego is like the mecca for MMA gyms like 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 dude you go go like just the like the number of black belts per capita in Southern California has got to be like ridiculous, bro. Like, like, like yeah. just some, like random owner of a surf shops, like a Brown belt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like yeah, there's a lot of like, which is like, I love to see it. You know what I mean? And, um, so then anyway, came back to Seattle after that. And then I found this place called Ivan Salivaries. That's where I've been. And, um, you know, I trained at Ivan's for six, eight months and then just have my first fight. And then also between training at Ivan's, you know, I go visit you guys down in Vegas, you know, trying to fight Capital, the 10th planet down there. And uh, still, when I go to San Diego too, every time I go to San Diego, I'm gonna go hit victory and then Studio 33. Nice. Okay. And then, yeah, that's been, I mean, quite an MMA journey there. But, okay, so let's talk about then about your last, like, you know, six to eight months you've been training. You were training at Ivan's, and then you, I guess let's talk about the fight. I guess how, how did that, like, how did, you know, the opportunity come, and what did you, um, how was preparing for it? Yeah. Dude, so the opportunity came. Fucking, I love Ivan, dog. 
I never even had to ask to get a fight, dude. As soon as I walked in the door, he's like, we need to get you fighting. And I was like, fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and, uh, Did you read my mind? How'd you know? Yeah, I was like, dude, that's exactly why I came here, bro. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> um, so, uh, it was supposed to get one like November 29th was supposed to be my first fight. I think there's some, something in the November. Yeah. But I had too much like shit going on, and then the holiday seasons came came around, and then uh, I also popped my eardrum the week of Thanksgiving at fucking Victory in San Diego, like, and it like I felt so bad too because like it wasn't even against like anybody like hella tough. It was just like like some big body just like hit me with a three or like no, I think it was uh it was my left eardrum, so I think it was their lead hook, but from southpaw, so like their right yeah. hook, and yeah. it was just a slapping hook, and I was just like yeah. standing there like I'm good, I'm not gonna fucking like get out of the way of slapping hook might like get in or something but um just the big gloves just suction just went and just like immediately just ear ringing i was like fuck dude and like my hearing is probably never gonna be the same but you know it is what it is it's a loud sport so i'm not really too yeah. concerned but Wait, what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah um uh but yeah so first fight was supposed to be then and then that didn't roll through there's a lot of shit going on over um over the, the holidays, you know, I went to, I was back and forth between here, San Diego and Vegas. And then um, when I came back, first fight opportunity was, there was like a Muay Thai fight opportunity, but okay. like it was like some short notice stuff and like, 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 like two way classes up. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I kind of want to do MMA. I don't want to like, I don't want like, like even, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I'm cool taking short notice shit. And I, I think I could have fucked up whoever that was, but like, Say I, I take that fight and then get my nose shattered and then I'm like even though I won the fight and I gotta like deal with the nose injury for the next three weeks then I don't get an MMA fight before I, I bounce from Seattle you know what I mean so it's like I was just like you know what I'm just gonna wait for an MMA fight and then MMA fight came along March 25th and it was a fucking cool ass show dude like it was literally the perfect first MMA fight like I could like like everything that I wanted right everything that I imagined and like my first fight being was like. You know, just some cage in a gym somewhere and like the homies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but this was like a fucking event, dog. Like, like, dude, Chael Sonnen was fucking cage side for this fight. I saw I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I was like, and there was like a lot of UFC dudes there. Fucking Paige Van Zant and her husband were there. And uh what's let's see, who else was there? Ed Herman, Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey led us in prayer in the locker room. We we're in the same corner. And then there was a few other uh UFC dudes in the corner. Yeah. And uh well, like like one UFC dude and then his homie. Uh, who was on that card? He was like, I forgot. I mean, I forgot what his name was, but um, yeah. So big ass show, like a thousand people probably. And oh, wow. okay. first, first fight, and the training. I think I had like six to eight weeks notice, and I think the two. You know, let me actually bust out my journal for this real quick. Dude. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what it says. So I'm actually kind of a little bit dis disappointed in myself because I didn't journal as much as I wanted to fight week or this past week after fight week, but I got all the lead up. So I have one, one, two, three, four, five, six, six weeks on point and like one week taper in. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. And by and that's pretty point, good notice I, for an amateur fight for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh, uh on point i mean like i was like doing like five six mma workouts three conditioning workouts um and then taper in i did like a lot more mma but like didn't do much conditioning 
uh or actually no taper in was the opposite i did more conditioning and then like just two three mma classes but yeah so good notice and i only had to cut 10 pounds and everything went fucking good i mean the fight fight was awesome like it was a crazy ass experience like like i don't even really like care much about the wins like it like like everyone like tell me like afterwards like oh congratulations like it just felt kind of weird i was just like congratulations for what bro like, you know what, I mean? <laughs> what are you congratulating me on right now and like i'm just like i'm just happy i got to fucking be there and like be like i was like literally a fucking like like a kid at disneyland you know what i mean and i had a great time and the fight the fight went quick a lot quicker than i expected and like it was really is a really interesting experience because for me like i've gotten nerves before jiu-jitsu competitions and i used to get nerves before high school wrestling competitions right but yeah. even in like a crowd of a thousand people and like a first mma fight like i was not nervous whatsoever i was just like it felt like it was exactly where i was supposed to be and i like even like and i was like i was waiting for him like i don't want to say i would say maybe not i don't say not nervous because like your body does have like mm -hmm. on it on like it has like releases of endorphins and chemicals and shit like that that's out of your control right but yeah there was no butterflies in my stomach like there was no like like lightness in my stomach like oh my god i'm about to go like walk out to the cage right now you know what i mean like 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 there was none of that shit like i was just ready to go the whole time and like i was waiting for it i was just doing my shit doing my warm-up you know i was feeling good and it was like like I, even no matter how this fight goes you know i know i'm gonna go fucking put out and like i know i'm a killer so like we're gonna see how it goes right and um uh then you know the the way the fight went it was uh, i got a tko in 24 seconds and bro whoever works at tapology must be like dyslexic or something because they put me down as 42 second tko i'm like yeah not 42 <laughs> seconds like, 24 dog get it right <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, so i'm gonna man. have to call somebody about that or something <laughs> yeah 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 Tap hey yo tapology who does your who does your stuff <laughs> tapology what the fuck? <laughs> they, they robbed you of your eight yeah 18 seconds they robbed you <laughs> a whole 20 dude it's a whole 20 seconds yeah <laughs> or actually i don't want to do math right now but, <laughs> it, it but, is anyway, 18, but yeah so i the, my, my whole six weeks going into this fight i was like I'm not gonna do a takedown in the first round. <laughs> I know we talked about it beforehand. Bro, we yeah. talked about this for like six weeks beforehand. I was yeah. like, I was like, nah, bro, because the shit that pisses me off is like everywhere I go, people are like, oh, oh, like, like, oh, you're you're a grappler, you're a grappler, huh? I'm like, I'm like, since when? You know, I was like, I'm a, I'm a fighter, bro. <laughs> I was like, bro, like, yeah. I'm a scrapper, man. Like, I want to throw these hands, like, like I. I've been grappling, but like just yeah. for fun, you know, and it's yeah. like, I yeah. swear to God, like my striking is just as good, if not yeah. better than my grappling. And so I was like, all right, we're going to like, I'll, well, this is a perfect opportunity. Right. And I was, I was like, I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to do a takedown in the first round. I was telling myself this for six weeks leading up to this goddamn fight. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the fight comes and I pop him with a jab. Right. Yeah. And like, I was like, I was, and even like I was talking to Ryan Ishmael, and i was like he's like you know you know man like you know like, like even in a fight like you want to like you know like feel them out it doesn't matter if you think if like it doesn't matter like if you're not worried like you still want to just like have like a feel out period right yeah. so i was like okay i'm gonna get out there i'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel them out dude and then i'm gonna piece them up on the feet and then i'm yeah. gonna it's gonna be fucking tight and then i walk out there and i pop them with a jab and i just felt like my whole body just smell blood and i was yeah. like i was like i saw his look on his face after i hit him with that jab and i was like Oh, there's no way in hell he could take many more of these and i can yeah. touch him so then i stepped in with the fucking two three bro and uh yeah. and then he like tried to close the distance like 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 kind of like 
punch yeah, me tried, in like, hug you. Like, and I just yeah. got got elbows in, shucked him off, and then like shucked him off with the three two. I popped him with the three, and I might have hit him with the two. Um, um. So I was talking to him after the fight, and apparently he, he his forehead was split down the middle before it hit the ground. So, huh. but any anyway, so so one of those punches caught like split the forehead, and he had to get seven stitches in the middle of his forehead, and then after that he threw a counter two at me and like i like ducked but like he like missed and was like already like he gave me his back so i was like and like me in the moment i was like i can't like i, I, I can't give it back you know so yeah. i just i just grabbed i just kind of grabbed it and went for the takedown man what can i say like you know like yeah because i remember that he he lunged at you. He pretty much loaded his weight like on you. And, and, yeah. And, so and, like, yeah. I, and my arm was already there. So I was already halfway yeah. wrapped around him. So I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna like like just just picked him up, threw him down, and then that was my first time in my life throwing full force round and pound, man. And like, I uh, what's it called? I always thought that I could. I, I always thought I had heavy hands, right? Even yeah. like in AMC, like 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 people used to get at me for like like sparring too hard and shit like that. But I was like a, 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 a kid, like a rowdy kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but like, I always thought like I had heavy ass hands and like, I, I was just so cool to be able to like, like just unload, like, like just to see the full effects, right? You know, yeah. you rarely get like, uh, you never throw full force ground and pound in training. That's like something that, like, so there's a lot of experiences that I'm happy that I got to get that I could only get in a fight. One of them mm -hmm. was being like feeling myself smell blood and just like feeling like like instincts take over and like knowing that I'm good in instincts. The other one was feeling uh like locked in mentally and like feeling like I was exactly where I was supposed to be and like not feeling butterflies in my stomach and just like knowing like this is what we do. This is like let's go out there and fucking put on a show. And then the okay. other one was um you know feeling feeling the heaviness in my hands and uh I was happy about that. And it was a crazy experience too, because it was so quick. Like I didn't even really realize like, like to like get excited or anything. Like when the ref, I always wonder what that moment was like when the ref like pushes you off to somebody. Yeah. And like, I was like, I remember I was just like, I was just like walked off and I was like, just, like, I, you know, people, when the people went fights, they get all like excited, like screaming shit. I was like, it was none of that. It was just like weird. Right. And then yeah. like later on, later on, like, I felt like even though like even though everything went perfectly according to plan this is like this is like what i'm trained for this is like what i want to do this is what like everything went perfect as it could right like fucking chael sauna was fucking cage side i'll tell you about the fucking chael sauna interaction yeah. in a second but the what's it called the thing that felt interesting was like even after the fact like even though i didn't have butterflies even like i just watched myself go that like like a day or so later like my body still like understood that it was just part of some like fucking like gruesome violence you know what i'm saying like yeah. and what i mean by that is like like dude when i was throwing ground pound like like just i still like the, the first person view is just burning in my head just like like throwing those shots was just such haste and just yeah. seeing like the blood splatter like all got over it. me all over the referee you know what i'm saying doctor got blood on him fucking ivan got blood on his shirt and shit so it was like like even though like i just walked through it like i didn't until it was like a day or so later that i was like shit that was that was some fucking that was some fucking gruesome shit, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I totally know what you mean. It's like you experienced it, but it didn't like the like that gravity. The situation didn't quite hit you until like afterwards. You're like, oh, yeah. I just did that. I mean, that that kind of happens in like a lot of situations. Like you know, people talk about how they're like in shootings or something like that, where a, a lot of trauma happens. 
but you don't quite process it until like until afterwards like oh wow some shit really just went down right there yeah yeah straight up you just do what you do do what you know yeah. you got to do and then exactly. you're just like you don't even think about it until later and then also yeah and uh but yeah man fucking great fight like i said i wanted to get some more time and on my feet but i'm happy about this mm -hmm. fight because i feel like like zero damage accrued you know what i mean like i feel like i got on the map without starting the fight clock you know that's something i was worried about like i was talking about earlier about being happy that i didn't start competing when i was younger because mm -hmm. like like you've heard like like once you start taking fights you got like a 10-year window and that's yeah. about like usually as many fights that's usually like the period of time that you're going to be able to even fight so i'm happy that like I feel like I haven't started that yet, even though I took a fight because it was just such a, a clean fight. And hopefully, hopefully they keep coming, but we'll see. For sure, because it's definitely not. It's not just time. It's like mileage. It's like it's like a car, right? Like, you, you can know, have that, like a car that you barely ever use. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like something that tripped me out was was I think is isn't PJ Dillashaw older than Joe Aldo? Yeah, and like that's mind blowing. Isn't that, isn't that kind of mind blowing? Yeah. I saw. I, I remember when I first heard that. I was like, "What? No way!" I had to Google both of their ages. Like, damn, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. I mean, competition's kind of a, a funny thing like that. But yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it really is like mileage, and also just you know the kind of fights that 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 you're, in. and also how you train. I feel like how you train is, is a big thing. That's why a lot of old school guys like ran through so fast, just because they would just fight every day in practice. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how it is at Ivan's. Um, we get we get a lot better. Uh, as far as like uh, you know, a lot of other people like talking to him, but like uh, in the lead up of this fight, I think at one point I was getting like four sparring sessions in a week. When like I think like one or one once a week, once every two weeks is kind of like recommended, but like it's also like there is a a, a balance to find there too because like shit sure. like ground and pound, you know, it's like if you're not doing ground and pound in practice. How are you gonna know? Like, like how many times do you have you watched a UFC fight and seen yeah. somebody on top of somebody and like not know how to put somebody out? You yeah. know, like have top position for like a fucking round and like just not know how to fucking like dig in there. You know, maybe you just have no hands. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, what's it called? And then, um, but yeah. So, so Ivan's mentality has been like, you should be learning all this shit, all the techniques, how to throw all these combos, all this kickboxing stuff, all this jujitsu outside of this class, right? And then in the MMA team practice, it's like he's putting you in better situation to make you a fighter. So we do like a lot of situational stuff and yeah. like a lot of sparring. And like, yeah, it's not like and like uh, there's like there's a lot of gentlemen's agreements where it's like you're not like like throwing at each other. But like Ivan does want you to like be like he, he wants to like like that's the era that he grew up in. That's the yeah. era that he experienced fighting. Like he fought in Japan and stuff. And it's like they got better at fighting by getting in fights. And so, yeah, I mean, that's something that. Like, I feel like, uh, what's it called? I like, because it's like, something, I'm trying to think, it's something that there's a balance to be found there, because it's like, I do agree with the shit that Ivan's saying, right? Like, you need to get in these different situationals to, like, be better at fighting, because it's like, you could drill all fucking day, but, like, never be mounted on somebody and ready to throw and, like, know, like, how to, like, you know, like where to like, you know, like how to posture up, you know, it's different. Like throwing strikes and grappling is a lot different than throwing strikes or grappling. Like, sure. because you could open the yourself. Combination is key. Yeah. Yeah. The combinations like the, the combination is different than the sum. And, 
because at the same time of you could throw strikes to open up your grappling or you throw posture throw strikes opens you up for more defenses right so like yeah. and i honestly think like like sometimes like like the optimal positions to be in might be a little different like uh i think my my favorite position to be in is uh I think it was called like no man's land is what coach Tupper used to call it. And that's when, uh, like you're like, it's like kind of like Mount, but when somebody hips out and you just like hip out and like, you're like, like, I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to start. So you're like on a knee, but like one of your foot's like your, your foot that they're in towards the direction that they're hipping out your foot yeah. is on the ground and like tucked in. So it's like yeah. more of like a seated, like, like a, on a knee type position than, than like a mounted position. And, uh, but anyway, that's just one little thing. But yeah, so I, what the fuck was I talking about? I like I like the mentality around it, but I do feel like there is a balance to find because you don't really want to be sparring that much, right? Because mm -hmm. like we we're saying, like like with the you know damage accrual, a lot of time happens in the gym. Um, yeah, but at the same time, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do want to get in those positions and see what's up. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Finding yeah, finding the balance between those. Okay, and then I guess like so after you know your first competition, how is I mean how's the body feeling like how's like I mean in terms of damage like you're the one putting out the damage but how how do your hands feel after hitting somebody like hundred percent? My my left knuckle, so immediately after fight my left knuckle was a little bit like stiff. Okay, and also my right elbow, but I think this right elbow is just like some weird shit because like at one point I think I must have been like like sixteen or seventeen I got arm barred. And okay. it popped one time. And like okay. also if you look at them, like it kind of looks different than my other mm -hmm. elbow. Yeah. So like this one was just stiff. And I think it might have been from the you know the hammer fist. Hammer fist, yeah, okay. So it was just stiffness in my right elbow and left knuckle. Okay. And like it's funny because it was specifically this top knuckle. It wasn't any of these other knuckles, just this one right here. Okay. okay. The index finger knuckle. Got it. And I guess in terms, I mean, you kind of already talked about, but like the sensation of you know hitting, hitting something 100% that's not a pad or or a bag. Oh yeah, even even yeah. hitting a, a, a skull standing up was just like a different sensation. And like like especially like you know in the four ounces, it was yeah. just like, yeah. I mean, like it felt like I'm trying to figure out what it felt like. Like I'm trying to like, it's weird. I mean, maybe like if a pad was hard because there is like that snapback, but it's like a lot. It's like. Yo, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. So, yeah, you the, the last part kind of got cut off, but I guess let I, you probably had a great point about how, how it felt of hitting hitting a skull. So, yeah, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, last thing I heard was like talking about the give. I think. Yeah, yeah that's about all I said. It felt like 
like maybe like hitting a counter, but like, like something like a little bit harder, but like with yeah. also like kind of like a give of 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 a of a uh, what's it called pad. The ground and pound was probably where my my knuckle got fucked up, but also like that was like left handed too, like yeah. which is like cool to feel, you know, like the left is just as just as sturdy as the right. Got these heavy hands, bro. <laughs> heavy hands, bro. Uh, Anthony, where you at? Rematch. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, where you at? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Which, so are you referring to the Anthony from the story before? Yeah, yeah. From from your first boxing sparring. <laughs> yeah, dude. I actually, so I actually fucking was always with him for a little bit. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, what's it called? I think when I was like twelve or thirteen, like I remember like seeing him. He's like, oh no, this is a different guy. This is a different guy. This was a uh, somebody. This was like I was around the same age. So, yeah. I mean, Anthony, Anthony was cool. I, I lost contact with him, but like, yeah. I know he was cool. But, um, what's it called? This was like a different, a different guy. Okay. Uh, we had gotten down around the same age. Like, I, he was like probably like 13 or 14, and I was like eight or nine. And, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah. and, and then he ended up going to jail, bro. And, then, oh, <laughs> shit. and like, his, uh, what's it called? His brother was dating my sister at the time. Oh, and shit. uh yeah. or like they like we're like talking or whatever and uh he gets out a few years later he's like he's like hey hey me you got down a while back did we I was, like, I was like yeah bro <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <was> like where <laughs> I was like oh man yeah dude some of my best memories at the fucking place undisputed was the spot I want to go back I mean I say that but like I want to go back but it's like I don't know how undisputed it is. Like victory is definitely the spot in San Diego, so it's yeah. like victory yeah. is the spot. Cool. So I guess yeah, talking about like what's next for you, like martial arts wise. I know you plan on doing some traveling, going out of the country. Like how how's that looking? Yeah. So so I'm gonna be in Hong Kong until September first. Okay. Until September. And um, then I'm gonna be in Thailand like indefinitely after that. And um, after the Hong Kong. So what from I, I'm not sure what the scene's gonna be like in Hong Kong, and I don't know if I'll be able to get any competitions there. Yeah. But I think I've seen probably, I, I know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I'll probably uh what's it called? I'm kind of wanting to focus on like body recomposition and just okay. skill approval the whole time. Right. So like I wanna be like a solid 185, like fucking shredded. And like that's kind of where I'm at now, but I want to be okay. like more shredded, more muscle. And got um got it. Okay. So just like focusing on that, like I'm also gonna be in school. I'm out there, and then uh, when I go to Thailand, I want to get some Muay Thai fights in. So then I'm gonna be doing like I want to like you know go like do the traditional ass like fucking like morning afternoon workout with the Thai dudes, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think at least this year I want to do a Muay Thai fight before okay. the before the end of the year. Muay and Thai mid- in Thailand? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the mid the mid part of the year. Would be like 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 over the summer and stuff would just be just getting in insanely good shape. Okay. And yeah. Then, yeah. So I guess when does it, so Hong Kong it goes until September first. When does it start? May fourteenth. Okay. So coming so coming up pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. May fourteenth. I leave San Diego, and actually right the fuck now I'm packing all my shit. I I'm already out of my place. I already you know gave away all my stuff. Oh and, damn! Oh, oh, so you're moving? Oh wait, so oh, are you gonna be staying in San Diego, or, or what's the plan? Yeah, man, I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be bumming it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go crash in my car on the way down, and then yeah. I'm gonna just, you know, crash at my 
my mom's place, my grandpa's place, you know, to see my cousins, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, man, go maybe just crash on the beach at night, you know. <laughs> go well, take I'm a nap in the library, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Living uh, the real fighter life. <laughs> <laughs> real fighter life, bro. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Nice. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that that was quite a journey. I mean, it makes sense how you didn't quite feel, I guess, the butterflies just because you've been like preparing. I mean, if you think about it, you've been preparing for it since you were eight, like, you know, since you were like, since you were really young. And that's like an over what, like 14, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a yeah. long ass time. And it's like, <laughs> there you go. yeah. Like not just the of training, but of just like thinking that like this is what I want to do, and like yeah. this is like just envisioning myself in that situation, like envisioning like like I get like like there was times as a kid I could think of walking out and just like bring myself to tears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and now it's just making that connection where yeah you had an image of what it was gonna be, and now it was just happening there. It's like mm -hmm. the, it was from visualization to actualization so, and it was it was interesting because it's like there was no feeling during like yeah. the whole time it was just like we visualized this as execute and then i fucking thought about this shit and like was like whoa what the fuck like afterwards <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. oh bro it's like bro channel thought it was like oh this is this is a shit that yeah. like a fucking kid at disneyland bro first yeah. of all i didn't know the sun and undefeated undisputed bro first of all i didn't know the motherfucker was there right Secondly, yeah. like my mom's like freaking out or whatever because like she's just, like like she freaked out like you know I mean like I mean imagine how you feel if your kids fighting somebody right yeah so it's, yeah like, for sure uh, yeah. she was hella nervous and freaking out and like like Chael's like talking to her beforehand like oh you know it's cool and like and like afterwards like told her he's like oh your son's very talented and then I went up to like this is like this is before I even talked to him and then like yeah. later on I was like I was like I, I was like bro I hate to be a fucking fanboy but like. <laughs> Yeah, I take a picture. And he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, you can see my fight. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, ah, bro, I've been a fan for years. He's like, and now I'm one of yours. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> why? And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so that was tight. That was tight. It was a lot of great experiences. Yeah, man, I'm excited. It was a cool ass show too. Like, it was, I'm happy. I'm happy it wasn't a show in front of just a cage in a gym. Yeah. because it's like that's one thing i wanted to prove to myself too it's like like there's like there's a lot of people out there probably that are like killers in the gym they're, they're better than world champs in the gym but like yeah. in a crowd setting they just don't know how to put it together you know what i mean so like for sure for i sure. was happy to get that get a taste of the crowd setting you know i did look i have been thinking like like, like you're saying like like just like the thinking of things like like i've been like you know envisioning like like, you know, walking up to the cage, you know, put facing the crowd, you know, putting your hands up, doing your little bow and shit. And then like, like all of that, I just like, just execute, execute, execute. And it was, it was, it felt fucking, it was, it was tight. It was tight in the moment, but like, it was even tighter, like seeing that shit on video and just like, can't stop rewatching the shit for like three days later, you know? <laughs> well, it's so long. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not <laughs> watching, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think you bring up a good point though about the crowd. I feel, yeah, there, there's a lot of, it's it's really just it's like a translation it's like translating your skills like from in the gym and then just trying to get as pure a transition like into the uh you know into the actual competition there but because you know that's the thing you've seen a lot of guys that are really good when it's a training scenario but then when 
it's like when it's an event or what's a competition, you're like, wow, that person, that that's definitely not the same guy I was training with, but that's not the same person that I was training with. Like 100%. They're, they're unable to, it's like, for some reason, there's like a mistranslation. There's like, they just can't get all the skills that they have into the competition. It's always like an odd kind of transfer there. Yeah. Fighting is very interesting to think about in the sense it's like it's something that you do that you can never really prepare for, but people fucking do what they think they can do to prepare for it. It's yeah. not like it's not like fucking the NFL where it's like, oh, we could have scrimmage games. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could have like a whole season of scrimmage games and then we just yeah. do it in front of a crowd. You know, it's like it's like just like it's a, such a crazy scenario that you're getting dropped into that like you're right. It's a fucking performance. It's like it's like there's a crowd involved. Like you gotta like. Yeah. And like the crowd can make or break people. Like, like, like one instance that I think the fucking crowd like might have broken somebody was uh when fucking Thug Rose head kicked uh Zhang Wei Li. Yeah, yeah. In in Florida. And like Zhang Wei Li's got the Chinese rep of China, right? So it's yeah. like she just wasn't getting the love from the crowd and then like immediately gets head kicked. When it's like I, I think that was like a lot more that, that might have been a lot more competitive fight, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's an interesting dynamic. It's like similar, especially now with, you know, now, now we're all past the COVID pandemic, but it was interesting seeing, like, I don't know if you follow the sports, but there were sports that played with no crowds, right? Like the, like in basketball, it was interesting. It was like a bubble. There was no crowd, but a bunch of like the rookies did a lot better than what rookies traditionally do. Oh, and you think about it, that's because... Yeah, they like there's no there's less nerves because there's yeah. less like nervous energy there. The seasoned guys they're already chilling in the yeah, crowd. Yes, these guys are already chilling. But in that case, the the you know the rookies that are especially coming in, think about it, if you're coming in from a college to like a professional, that's a big jump. If, if, especially yeah. if you're not in like a big college, in terms uh -huh. of that. So it, it's interesting just seeing that kind of dynamic. And they're like exploring that. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's something. And that's and that's in a team environment. So I think in an individual environment, it can definitely be, bro. Very... It's gonna be like factor of fucking ten to the six, bro. Like there's no, like like being like a cr a group of people in front of a crowd is different than just being the one dude that's exactly about, like, the, and the not one only guy. that, but like everything. And not only that, bro, but it's not like you're losing a fucking basketball game, dude. It's like you're yeah. getting the shit kicked out of you, and like like that's like so, like <laughs> like real damage is happening to you. Real yeah. damage. Like not only are you worried about like oh. Like oh like people might think I'm losing, but it's like you're you're you gotta fucking worry about your health and safety at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's a crazy dude. I'm speaking of no crowd, dude. You know it's the shit that like that like I kind of like watching the UFC fights with no crowd yeah. because like it felt like some like underground like 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 Saudi princes just paying some people to fight in the fucking basement. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I mean, that definitely happens. Shout out Saudi princes if you out there. Shout out to Saudi princes. Hey yo, be something to invite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, we end up in Kazakhstan. Who knows? <laughs> I, I honestly wonder, dude. I wonder if maybe maybe Francis Ngannou has fought Deontay Wilder or you know Tyson Fury just in, just in somebody's in some Russian in the in middle of the Russian billionaire's desert. house. Yeah, right. But like that's what it reminded me. Of. I think that, that Ngannou. Oh no, he killed Rosenstrike in in a yeah. no crowd environment. And like it was crazy to see that like amount of like brutality and like no cheer, no nothing, just like walk off and like on to the next thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think also it's always uh well, I'm just remembering when Gagey fought uh Ferguson, just hearing like the sounds of the punches. Oh like, yeah, saying, like, yeah. Was, I just, forgot like, that one was no crowd too, or was that a small crowd? That that, that I want to say that one, that was no crowd because I think yeah, because you could hear, yeah, because I remember during the commentary, you could just hear the you could hear like the crack, like kind of what you're talking about, like of fist hitting skull <laughs> yeah bro and that was also crazy like 
fucking seeing Ferguson not go out, but doing that fucking like shake, shaking his face. I was like, ah, oh, dude. Ferguson's my favorite fighters too. I honestly thought, I thought like, man, they should still let him fight Khabib. Like <laughs> in Russia, in a billion. In Russia, dude. Dude, if I was a Saudi <laughs> prince, I'd make it happen, bro. Not even kidding. Like <laughs> Saudi princes, let's get this going. Seriously, that's dude, the real I, reason you want to start a business. Dude, yeah. that's a business and a half right there, dude. They could put on one fight and then <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, I guess you know we can open up to like philosophical questions since we're right. heading towards the tail end here. What what were you thinking? Yeah. One question that I've had a lot is is given you know you're going to a battle somebody else the same option. Would you rather take two sticks or a sword? Would I rather take two sticks or a sword? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll take um, hmm, going into battle. Someone has the same options. I would yeah. take. I'd, I'd rather. I'd, for me, I'd rather have the sword. I'd rather have like one sharper weapon than two than two other weapons. I mean. Really? Yeah. You know, I used to have the same thing, but I've been thinking a lot more recently. Like, imagine if you had two sticks and you like you like block one, and like say like like the sword gets like stuck in the stick. And like then you could like move the sword and like just beat the shit out of somebody with the other stick. You know what I mean? I I can see that just in terms of you know the fluidity, but the mm-hmm. the way I see it, I would I would take like the one sword, like because the way I don't think about it as like weapon against weapon. I think about mm-hmm. okay, like weapon that does the most damage, and how am I going to damage them from using their weapon? So I'd rather if I okay, I'm not going against their stick. I'm going against them. So if I if mm-hmm. I my sword hitting their arm is going to be more harmful than their stick hitting me just in terms of that. So that's why, that's the way I see it because I can incapacitate somebody. If I use a sword against the arm, it doesn't need to be that, that big of a hit in terms of that. Word, word. And I feel you might already know this is uh, referring to, you know, if you should train, you know, orthodox as much as you train Southpaw or whatever you're And like, honestly, like I haven't, I, I feel like AMC was also along the one sword line. And yeah. um, uh, lately, I've been feeling a lot more too sticky. And the reason being is because it's like, I think, like, like say say your lead leg is taken out. Like, there's a lot of instances where people got to switch stances, like, and their sword is taken away from them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, like, like if, or if you drop your sword, you could drop a stick and still have a whole other weapon with you. You know what I mean? So, like, I've been, sure. thinking, I've been thinking a lot more about that. And, like, I think I, I, me personally, like, I want to have, like, I don't want to be, like, like, because here's the thing is like you don't want to split like maybe not a 50-50 split, but maybe if you have like a small sword and a small stick compared to like like a fucking like like Viking sword, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a, like like a big like a like a big uh, I don't know what's that called claymore. Yeah, I'm like that. Yeah, like uh, you rather have one of those or like a tiny like a mini katana and like a stick at the same time. I'd rather yeah, I'd rather be more surgical in terms of that. But yeah. uh, and and that's the way I kind of see it too. Uh, I mean, like for me, I mean, of course, it'd be great if you had two swords, but mm-hmm. like for, because I've definitely, in terms of both stances, I definitely know both. If anything, I had, I remember I had like two MMA fights. I it was orthodox, and then and then I did, and then like the next, like four fights, I'm like, I'll just go southpaw just for the hell of it, and then and then that's what I did, and then uh, yeah, it's like I mean, it goes. I think it goes back like skill acquisition or what you do with it, because I think like. Most people will probably be better off. Like, let's say someone just just learning, they're probably better off. It's like a, it's easier to learn just one thing, whereas it's rather being crappy at two things 
but if you are already proficient at one thing, then it's a matter of getting yourself into scenarios too as well. Because I think that's the thing too with the both stances. It's not like even if someone can use both stances, they're not necessarily good at both stances. There's like elements that they're that they're good at. So it's just finding like finding that intersection. Like that. Right. that's what, that's kind of what I was getting at too. It's like like I'm not gonna split my time 50-50 and like you know train most of the time in Southpaw. But yeah. like I do want to have like my one two in Southpaw like as powerful as my one two in Orthodox. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I could pick like one shit like that or like a one two ten in Southpaw as powerful as my one two ten. Like just pick like, like a few combos mm-hmm. that like are always gonna be there at full strength. Like I For feel sure. like that. The, that's kind of like the the path that I'm leading towards now. Yeah, and if anything, I would I would say like it's good to are you familiar with the kickboxer kick, and kickboxer slash trainer Lucian Carbine? One more time. It was like Lucian Carbine, I believe is his name. He trained like Andy Risty. I mean, Andy Risty is probably one of his best students. He he was the guy that he knocked uh, Andy Risty knocked out Giorgio Petrosian in Glory. I'll, I'll send you some of the stuff later. But uh, he he was a great like sw- uh, pretty much the combinations. He was just very fluid. Uh, it wasn't necessarily even like switching. I mean, he would s- just switch combinate or switch dances like mid combination. Like he would throw like one, like you know one two nine, and then like from the nine he would already be in southpaw stance, and then just like start going power, but like there. And that's kind of pretty much how he how he managed to. I mean, his best win was against Petrosian. That's the thing. He just hit Petrosian from angles he wasn't expecting, and yeah, I want to say knocked him out. That was what 2016, 2015. It was like it was like years ago, like before his his latest knockout, like there. Word, I'm gonna have to watch that fight. Yeah, yeah, and Andy Risty, I'll send you, I'll send you stuff. But um, yeah, and I, and I think that's the thing. I mean, ultimately, it's whoever knows how to use their weapon most. It's not really matter. It's not an ideal weapon. It's an ideal person that's wielding the weapon because you could still you could still lose either way. It's just a matter of how you execute. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's funny how you could train so long for like a, a 30 second fight. But, but, but that's the thing. It was just because it's you're not you're not preparing for the time that's elapsed. You're training for the performance. You know, 100%. like would you rather have a crappy a crappy nine minute <laughs> fight or would you rather have you know a good like a good 24 second, not 40 second topology? <laughs> no, seriously, man, I'm gonna have to call somebody about that. Like that's- <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give a call. <laughs> But uh, yeah, bro. Uh, and then, yeah. So, on to Hong Kong, on to Thailand, and yeah, looking forward to what you do next. Uh, want to anything else you want to tell the people before before we sign off? <laughs> Not that I could think of, man. You know, it's gonna be a second for my next MMA fight, but definitely what I'm planning to do, and definitely trying to play the cards smart. You know. For sure. Yeah, because it's not it's about I mean, like, like we're talking about, it's about balancing the training, balancing the competition and then balancing the uh, what's it called? And then, yeah, and then just balancing. Yeah, skill, skill acquisition, but also not the damage acquisition, too. So 100 percent. Cool, man. Uh, I guess and if some people want to find out more about you, how can they how can they hear about you? Because it was like it's Julius underscore six one nine. That's my Instagram. Yep, Julius underscore six one nine. And I'll start putting shit up there, man. I've been off of Instagram for so long, and like just like, just like I've always just like not been a fan of social media. But like, if you want to fucking fight, like, why would you not like try to market yourself? So like, that's kind of. I mean, you met the best marketer, KLP Sonnen. Straight up. Undisputed. Straight up. You know, hey, it doesn't matter if it's 1v1, 2v1, 5v1. You know, they're all going to need 9 one Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
no, he 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 has some great stuff, and I'll, I'll send you like a great quote too. Like Chael was talking about how you know people say you know because people say oh he took people's lines. He's like, well yeah, if you look at the you know the best artists steal. If you look at yeah, yeah there's literally a book that I was just reading called like like steal like an artist, and it's it's steal about like an artist that. exactly. It's yeah. like you could like 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 if you're waiting for originality, you'll never get started. But if yeah. you just try to copy shit, like you will and like unintentionally like put your own spin on it, and that's where your creative mix comes from. Like and, like reality is like everything's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. No, no one's exactly a one of one. And he was just talking about you know if you look at yeah like if you you could you could say you know like look, like look look at the rock. The rock wasn't. I mean yeah he is like one of one, but he mm. took a lot of elements from other people, and he just mentioned other big wrestlers. He was like yeah, and I was I was I was the same thing. He took things from other people, but in essence. Just because he took it didn't mean he didn't make it his own. Because now, if you, it's like if you do a cover of someone's song, but yours is, you know, more well done, then who, then who executed the song better in terms of that? Like, right? Is, isn't it, like, is your fault? isn't that like Little Wing? Like the Jimi Hendrix song is actually a cover. Yeah, yeah, but it's, but no, like no one knows who the fuck wrote. No, Little no, Wing. exactly. You know Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, because exactly. because he played it, he played it better. <laughs> Straight <terms> up. <laughs> of, yeah, no, it's it, it's how it is, and. Yeah, and in terms of that kind of yeah, and then your own originality like springs from that. So yeah, that's it, and, and that's the thing. No one, and it's like, how can you be completely original? Because in these kinds of techniques, these techniques have been around oh, for so long. Yeah, that just reminded me of a fucking another philosophical question. If you, if you don't mind, before we go, okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this: Do you think, as a fighter, there you will, uh, there will always be shit to learn, or yeah. Do you think uh, okay? So yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, of course, there's always gonna be shit to learn, right? But then I was like, a lot of fighting is getting a system in place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like once you have your system in place. Oh, it's kind of cutting off right now. But yeah. Okay. Once you have your system in place, do you think it uh what's it called? Like you're sharpening your system, or do you think you're adding new things to the system? I think I think the biggest thing. I mean, you kind of cut off there, but uh, in terms of the system, it's some sometimes like sometimes just uh, being more streamlined means taking stuff out. You know, it, it's talk, talk about like let's say like let's say like a vehicle, like a car. Just because you have more horsepower doesn't necessarily mean it goes faster. You know, oh, biggest engine. Sometimes it's about and like we're talking about in terms of like a weapon, right? Like, would you rather have like a big like heavy sword or would you have like a sharp katana? It really matters on like who, who's using it, right? I mean, sure, somebody that ha- and it depends on once again in terms of the artist, in terms of the person that's wielding the weapon, right? Like what what's going to work best for them? If anything, you can take a look at some cases of people like adding stuff and becoming worse. Like when Damian Maya tried to add striking and became like just a striker, then he, he he ruined his system. It's like he had, you know, it's like he had a um, you know an F one race car, but decided, you know what, I can also go on a bike. And then when he uses bicycle, <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna race in this car, bro, you imagine me on a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I spent twenty years building this great car, but you know what, I'm gonna use instead <laughs> my, my, my my new bicycle. But yeah, it's like people sometimes get you know shiny toys. And and that's the thing too. I think if anything, and also as you as you progress, as your system becomes more like more you you realize that it becomes harder to add stuff, right? Like it's becoming like whereas if someone's you know, starting from like okay now let's use like the clay analogy, right? If you're if you're building something like if you're you know 
it's totally blank, then it's easy to add on. Whereas if you're already making a piece that's like 10 years in, you can't just, all right, I'll just start adding more stuff. That's going to that's gonna mess up with what you already have. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. That's a good point. Yeah. So if anything, yes, I would say, yes, you are always adding stuff, but the amount of stuff you add is going to be less because there's less to add on and you have to always be cautious of, you know, it's like if you're building, if you're building a house, right and it's already built like why would you all of a sudden just try and combine you you'll just have two shitty houses like combined into yeah. one rather than like one like cohesive it's like having everything blend in i think having it not not just necessarily blend in but be conjoined i think is the most important thing in terms of that kind of skill acquisition not just like taking in all all uh all uh just taking in everything some of the thing in everything is also bad uh, you can also look into some fighters like you know that gained a bunch of, like they even though they gained more skills they didn't get better as a fighter because they didn't execute as well i mean i mentioned like, yeah there's also and you, you have a limited amount of time to train so it's like do you train like like there's so much to learn like jujitsu in itself is like yeah. like a decade to get like good uh, striking in itself is another decade to get good but like if you got a decade in mixed martial arts like what do you where do you pick and where, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, where, where, where do you pick? And that always depends on you. But also, I think you kind of alluded to as well. When you're talking about the combination or like the mixing of both makes mm -hmm. both different. If you can, someone that's really good at just solely, you know, jujitsu or grappling, there are some instances that they're going to get into that an, a, an MMA fighter will not necessarily need to know. Or not necessarily need to know, but they'll never, they won't get to the depth of that. Just like how there's depth of, you know, Muay Thai fighter or kickboxer or a boxer will get into striking scenarios that an MMA fighter might necessarily never find themselves in. Or just because the distance can be different, the grappling is going to be different, the clinch is going to be different in terms of the variables. Uh, not to say that it's not useful to know, but like the the risk to reward ratio or the worth it in terms of spending your time in won't be as you know beneficial for you like down the road. Or not necessarily down the road in, in the competition that, that that you're doing. There's like a lot of sports specific shit that really just depends on like what arena you're competing in. So yeah, that's what I said. yeah dude, as I first when I first heard that question, I was like, well, theoretically, if you're just putting a system together, then like at one point, some point in time, you might perfect that system and then just be training it. But like that was even another interesting point you made is like you could take things out taking things out might be like considered learning something new but just doing something more efficiently you know what i mean exactly and then it's also just seeing how your system goes against other things right because yeah. that's the thing you have it against the you know small like pool that you've tested against now but if you mm -hmm. test against more things you see oh wait there's some things i mean that's really how a fighting career goes right you see how other people interact with your system and then you're like oh well there's some things i need to like adjust like here so it's figuring that out yeah sure I'll try to see if I have any other philosophical questions. I'll save some for next time, though. Save some for next time. Cool. That's been Julius619. <laughs> Julius619 on Instagram. I don't have shit on there, but, you know, soon. Soon. <laughs> yeah. It's like underscore, right? It's Julius underscore 619. Yep. K-U-L-I-U-S underscore yep. 619. Yeah, people are, you know, hey, people might be dyslexic, just like the topology person, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I can't believe that. 42 seconds is different than 24, man. <laughs> You're taking everything. Yeah, exactly. You're taking like, everything. Like, I got knocked out. <laughs> got knocked out in the span of time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right, cool. That's been Julius. And yeah, thank you for joining us. Thanks, bro. Peace.